Yes, indeed, the war begins, continues, and is going full speed. Thank you, Jesus, Son of God, for your divine protection. May the shields of God and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, who's been sent to lead us into all truth, guide and protect your people, Lord God, lest we be scattered about like sheep with no shepherd, Lord, in these very wicked, evil days. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage each one that we can be encouraged, Lord God, with your holy word, with your spirit, with your promise that you would never leave us or forsake us, Lord. For those who are listening today and in the days ahead, we pray divine protection, divine revelation. May the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the truth, set us free from the fears, the worries, the anxieties, the um, uh, discouragement, the uh, arguments, the debates of hell that sit up in our minds and our hearts. May we receive today, not with hardened hearts, Father God. Give us hearts that are not hardened, not hardened, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive the revelation of the miraculous, of the will and intentions of the Most High, the goodness of God. Let us understand it, receive it for ourselves, Lord God. Let there be no more barriers between us and you in these things, Father. Let us fully comp- comprehend your goodness, your presence among us. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us. You you went to the cross by yourself, basically. There was were very few who understood and who appreciated at the time, but we thank you for going to the cross for us. We thank you, Lord God. You defeated the enemy in the courts of heaven, in the courts of law, in the universe. You defeated him for our sake. And I thank you for giving us power to believe, power overall, the power of the enemy, power to know the truth, power to bind, to loose, to and to forgive. I thank you now for directing our conversation as we look into the books of Matthew, Mark, probably Luke, and John, and understand what Jesus did among us. Lord, I thank you for the promise, too, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So guide us now by your Spirit. We ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning. Well, yeah, good morning or evening or afternoon. Whatever time. Good good time. (laughs) Whenever you're listening to it, now's a good time. Yeah. This is Rescue Radio, and we're going through the book of Mark. Yep. And, uh, well, we should let the book of Mark go through us, too. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes yeah, we say we're yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Word, yeah. but we want the Word in us. To be in us, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So Good. it's interesting, you know, Jesus had sent out the uh, apostles. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, he sent out the 70, but he sent out the apostles, and he just, you know, he gave them authority over uh, unclean spirits. He, he said, you know, heal the sick. Yeah, uh, cast of devils. Cast the devils, preach the kingdom of God, go out. And he said, don't take anything with you. Yep, we, we read that. Don't, don't bring any extra money or travel extra light. clothes. Travel light. Mm-hmm. Get going. And they came back and they said, well, when I, went, when I sent you out, did you lack anything? And they said, no. Mm-mm. No. But here they're coming back uh, after their adventure, yeah. their preaching adventure, their assignment. They're coming back. Mark chapter 6, verse 30, and the apostles gathered to Jesus, 
and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So they, I'm sure their hearts were full. They were mm-hmm. so excited. excited. Yeah. Another time, that, you know, I think it was the 70 that came back uh, later on, and they said, even the devils are subject to us. I mean, yeah. w- you know, people are being healed and demons are being, Cast you know, they out. understood, you know, at least recognized Listen, the po- demonic yeah. power in their culture. They yeah, knew it and, wasn't and the f- just, yeah. They knew it wasn't just emotional, mental, yeah, physical yeah. stuff. They recognized that there were demonic Entities, forces, powers, forces. And Jesus had given mm-hmm. them authority over those things over to the, cast them out. Yeah. So they were kind of recognizing the um, the dynamics of the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure they were just excited to tell Jesus what, yeah. you know. Because pr- it, was, it was answers to prayer. I mean, things were happening. Things were going like Jesus said they were supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they were definitely encouraged in that. And, and, in, and it had been a pretty intense time for them. And in verse 31 of Mark 6, he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Uh, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Um, That's pretty busy. <laughs> pretty busy. And a lot of times in, in people involved in, in life and a ministry, we're thinking of, people that are, um, you know, serving the Lord sometimes in, in various situations. We're serving the Lord no matter, you know, whether you're uh, uh, you know, doing, being a nurse or working in an office or whatever, you're, you're there serving the Lord. But these guys were now called, you know, in a sense, full-time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all full-time, mm-hmm. but they were out there with great intensity yeah, pretty. They, yeah, God it's was energizing kind of, yeah, them. Yeah, and exhausting at the same time. At the same time, it's energizing so and exhausting. I think this gives us a clue that sometimes we just we need to stop and sharpen the axe. We we work so hard, we're really given prone to either sit, sitting around doing nothing. We're, we're extremists, or we where we work too hard to try too hard to be to to make something work. And um, and get it to work. And so he was saying to them, "It's time to to rest." Rest was really a big key to the power that Jesus was giving them. It was as, as much that they needed to understand how to rest and wait and be and abide as it was to go out and do. I think we're more geared to do than to sit and be and to rest and and meditate. And you know, it says meditate on whatsoever things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and of good report. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things. So many times we burn out. With the word burnout, there would you know is very appropriate for what could be said there. Is that we just get burnt? Why are we being burnt out? Is some some of, some people don't have enough fire to be burned out. Well, here, here you go. You know that sort of thing. But, yeah. Sometimes we we get exhausted because we're wanting to do things in our own strength. Yes, and when they don't happen and when they don't work then we're also tempted, tempted to become discouraged. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why people get burnout, because they're not walking in the strength of the Spirit of God and and probably don't realize that because they think they are, because it's it's a spiritual thing we're doing here. We're trying to, you know, start a church. We're trying to, you know, talk to these people about Jesus. We're trying to start a discipleship home. We're doing something. Mm -hmm. And, And we don't realize that, you know, a lot of a lot more probably could be done if we would spend a lot more time in our prayer closets on our knees. And, and, and but for thus praying seems to be kind of lazy, passe, passive, uh, unproductive. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So people don't and take to praying much. And especially sometimes if we wait, you know, for the answers. I mean, we're, we're expecting and we're looking and we keep looking and looking and looking and looking. And the answers don't seem to be coming. Well, I think this can be a, a real road. serious it's a test. It's a what you call. Oh, yeah. It is uh, what we call uh, almost 
uh, well, how can I say it? It's a test of faith, and we almost use that as a, a cliche. A cliche. But, that's, but, that's what but, it is. But it, it, and that's really what it is. Are you going to keep trusting and believing? And and we we need to ask according to His will. Jesus said, oh, "Well, mm-hmm. and John yeah. said to us, if you ask him, in First yeah. John, he said, if we if we know that we ask according to His will, He hears us. Mm-hmm. And if He hears us, we know we have the petitions we have desired of Him. And so Paul said, and I think it was in Ephesians, chapter five, uh, right around in there, he says, "Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is." So a lot of times. We need to, we find the will of God through the Word of, of of God, but it's important that we are not just barking up the wrong tree. You know, we don't know right. the will of God perfectly, but we need to wait <clears throat> upon Him and and get the get as much as we can, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know we're praying in the right way in the right direction for the right thing. Well, and we don't always even know that. I, I believe sometimes we, we're being led by the Holy Spirit into what, the wilderness yeah. to be tested or tempted by the enemy. And and some of those tests are very, the most difficult tests, I believe, are the ones where you think you're not being tested or you, you're not catching on to the fact that this is a test. And, and uh, some of them are very blatant and obvious. You know, you see that the enemy coming full force at you. And, and you recognize that, but some of the tests, like like for example, what you're kind of alluding to, is we can persist in prayer and try to prevail and be you know on our faces. Or or some people they get into these fasting jags where they just fast and we're going to make God do something. We're going to fast forty days. We're going to get it taken care of. We're going to kill ourselves to get God to do something. And it's like you know you're it's the wrong sacrifice. God is not asking us to sacrifice necessarily our bodies. Um, it, it only makes us mad at God when these things don't happen after you've, you've thrown out the fleece, you've, you've fasted how many days you've, you know, whatever you've done the, and you become angry, bitter, upset against God. And I, these guys were not there right then. They were happy. No. <clears throat> they were exhausted with a happy exhaustion. It's like after you've worked all day real hard, some physical labor or something, and you see you've accomplished something and you're really happy to see you've accomplished something. And I think that kind of tired is a different kind of tired than when you, you've worked really, really hard all day uh, praying or, or, or believing or fasting or, or giving or doing or whatever you're doing. And you see nothing. You see or, or nothing. Or things seem to, things appear to be getting worse. Yeah, right. And yeah. Th- I know right now in this season, uh, a lot of you, uh, I can just speak because I know because I'm here with you in the same planet, doing the same. You know that our tests are getting more difficult. Uh, we're we're advancing, and you know when you get h- higher up in the higher grades, the tests get harder. Mm-hmm. And what you could do easily in the third grade, maybe for a third grader, it was hard. But now you look back, that mm-hmm. was simple. Now we're in college level uh, spiritual warfare courses or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's it's not easy. So the only thing here, he's saying, come away, rest, stop, stop, S T O P, stop, gather yourself up, be quiet. You know, we forget in these moments of urgency. And demand when people are dying, uh, suicides going up, uh, people drug u- uses going up, uh, people the, the 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 places where they find the the message of Jesus Christ are shrinking and limited and and corrupted. The the wells are being corrupted. The watering places are being filled with mm-hmm. compromise and blah blah blah. Um, that we can you know look at all that and become very discouraged. I think the key to not becoming discouraged is to recognize, first of all, that this is a debate that's going on between your mind 
will and emotions, your soul and your spirit. And in the spirit, we can know stuff. In the spirit, we can be thankful. We can be happy. We can know that God, Jesus is coming back. We can know that Jesus has to judge this blood guilt on the earth um, and, and not be so overwhelmed with the negative news, the fake news. Uh, and and you know, if we probably really even knew all of what was really going on, uh, it would be too much for us. So in ways, God is actually protecting us. But going back to that resting, people just have a problem with rest. They, they'd rather work themselves to death or on the other side of that spectrum, they'd rather just sit down, be lazy, whatever, blame everybody else, give up, quit, burn out, whatever you want to do, take an excuse to, um, and then they, they become um, self-indulgent. Well, there's a rest. You know, Hebrews talks believer, about yeah. a rest to the people of God. You know, in the, in the Old Testament economy, God established the Sabbath day. You know, it, it was a time, six days, do your work, mm-hmm. rest, the seventh day. But nowadays when take people are... Take a break. And people are, are, you know, they don't take the Sabbath or Sunday or whatever day it is <clears throat> because they feel guilty. They feel like, um, every, you know, everybody else is out there doing stuff. You got, t- you got too much to Keep do. up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Too much to do. Too busy. Um, and yet in our world, in our lives, we've got so many more modern conveniences than our forefathers had and, and that, rest, that we should have a little more time. The rest think? God is talking about, not necessarily eight hours of good, you know, good REM, REM sleep at night. Oh, that's nice. Uh, that's nice. That's that's important because he gives his beloved sleep or taking a nap, probably taking a nap. That is would be good, good. Good once in a while. But there's a rest. There is a peace. There's oh, emotional a rest. rest. It's an emotional rest. Peace. It's that mm-hmm. you can be, be yeah, very, you... very busy very intense in your life, facing a lot of issues, but still you have a rest, you have a peace, because you're trusting God to take care of that, even though you're in the midst of all this. Uh-huh. And and God, he said, those that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah chapter mm-hmm. 40, verses 30 and 31, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not weary, not be weary, but they shall, they shall walk and not faint. So uh, those who wait upon them. That doesn't mean that we just sit around twiddling our thumbs and I'm waiting for God to do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. It means those who serve. It's like a waiter in the restaurant is waiting upon you. And waiting serving, for you to make up your mind say, what you're going to have serving, off the menu. Serving yeah. you. Yeah, right. right. So those who serve the Lord are going to renew their strength. And that's kind of interesting because, you know, waiting upon the Lord, waiting for His direction, not for what you think is the next good move or what people tell you you've got to do next or, you know, what, whatever it is. But really getting your direction from the Lord and also going back to the idea of peace. Um, and, and, you know, people are driven and, you know, they're anxious. And they're, it, well, being angry or anxious wears you out. It exhausts you because it takes so much energy. Um, your, your frequencies, your thoughts, your body is in motion at a level that's, that's not not in a place of homeostasis or rest. There's either anxiety where you're trying to outrun something or outthink something or, or manage or figure out something. Uh, so you create it creates anxiety. Or on the other side of it, you've worked so hard and given yourself to that thing so much and it doesn't work, it doesn't happen, the, the, nothing changes, the prayer isn't answered. And then you become... Uh, uh, angry because uh, uh, of the injustice. It's not fair. You gave, you gave, you gave, and, and you got nothing back. You didn't get an answer. So then that can turn into <clears throat> anger, and anger can turn into bitterness, and bitterness is a nasty little root that can mess up everything, like bitter root expectations, 
bitter root judgments, unforgiveness, all this stuff begins to clog up inside of our body and even in our, our systems begins to clog us up so that we are um, just, you know, exhausted. So, but these guys, Jesus understood the dynamic here. When you give out a lot, when you're ministering very intensely, when you're casting out demons, when you're preaching the gospel, there is a physical exhaustion that takes kind of over the body. And he's saying, guys, now let's go rest a little bit because you, you're not even eating. Um, you're not taking, you're not living a normal <laughs> routine well, here. The thing is, there were, it says there were many coming and going. All the time, and so so the thing is, it's mm-hmm. like, um, well, we get that way sometimes. Well, I, right. And it's, you know, it's almost like you want to you want to hide out or, or, or avoid certain places because you know when you go there, there's going to be people who are going to want something prayer or not that right. that's bad, but I mean, let's just say you've been doing it for the last eight days and you're tired, and and you and I, I, our human bodies have to be part of what we're doing mm-hmm. if they're exhausted, if they're in pain. Um, you know, if you have a toothache, whatever, it's not going to be as easy to to minister in the spirit. If you're involved in in fully serving the Lord, if you're involved in helping people, that's your heart, that's your vision. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, th- the needs really never end; they just keep coming. You well, know. Yeah, but yeah, and and you know that's true. But here's the deal: God gives us the needs are there, the push, the drive is there. People are. You know, people pull upon, pulled upon Jesus. They pull upon us. They're they're, they're desperate. I think mm-hmm. desperate is a very important and big and huge definer of <clears throat> where mankind is. On the one side, desperate, and on the other side, absolutely dormant because they yeah. don't even know. They don't care. They, and they're kind of on the in, in either extreme. Um, and desperation those, or dormancy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of scary. Both of those are nasty places to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and, and God wants us to abide. Now, he is not apprehensive. He is not worried. He, he knows what he's doing. And only really those of us, you, who can, who can walk in the Spirit, who walk in the Spirit, who push the, the burdens back on Jesus, put the pressure back on him, be thankful, don't murmur, don't complain, don't entertain offense, anger, anxiety, bitterness. They're demons. And so many times they try to get in on the debate that goes on between your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit. And your spirit knows stuff. Your spirit knows the things of God because the spirit of God bears witness with us, with our spirit, um, that we might know the things of God, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. So knowing as, as opposed to striving and trying, trying is desperately uh, exhausting, you know, mm-hmm. trying to build a new house, trying to raise a family, trying to this. Don't try. Just, just be and it. abide. And just, yeah, yeah. One day, one step, one moment, one thought. If you have to get down to that one, just little being place at a time, just a shift, to shift to operate in the strength of the Lord. Now, here these guys, they say, "Okay, let's go over to the other side. We're going to go to a place by yourself where you can just kind of be alone, mm-hmm. take a just, vacation, we just be together, take a little break." Mm-hmm. So they get into the boat. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're just going to take a little boat cruise, ride. <laughs> a boat ride. Let's take yeah. a boat ride. And of course, that was. Transportation back and forth across the Sea of Galilee, Uh, and they go across, and they 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 can't really get away from. Well, they were heading towards a deserted. They were heading toward a deserted place. They kind of knew some little hideouts over there. Yeah, and so they were. And then there's here's another butt of scripture. You know, there's a there's a great study if you study the butts of scripture. B U T S. But verse thirty 
30, Mark chapter 6, but the multitude saw them departing, and many and many knew him and ran there on all foot, uh, on foot <laughs> from all the cities, and arrived before them and came together to him. So they saw. Okay, he's leaving, and okay, we know where he's going. He's going across over here. But wait, Jesus, I still have my problem. I still have my kid who right, needs this. Right. I still can't walk. And, and I'm so, so blind. So you imagine these people. <laughs> The crossing at this point of the Red, uh, not the Red Sea. <laughs> yeah, where are you? Get back to your sea, geography get, here. Get the right uh, geography here. The Sea of Galilee, it's about four miles by boat, okay? okay. And it's probably not a fast boat. It's, you know, it's sailing, uh, maybe rowing. If, if I don't if, think they had any power motors. No, they? no, no. They didn't have a 250-horse uh, Evinrude or anything like that. But, and then these people, from where they were at this point, to where Jesus was going, it was about like eight miles. On foot. On foot. Yeah, yeah. So think of this now. The people were coming from all different, maybe not everybody came that far, but they came, a lot of them came by foot. They must have had to run mm-hmm. on foot they ran for there. almost mm-hmm. eight miles mm-hmm. to beat them marathon. across, getting across the ocean. Now, how many so people... So they got there before Jesus did. How many people would run eight miles? <sighs> To, to go to go see Jesus today. Well, there's a uh, lot of very dedicated people that would do a lot of things just to see a football game. Yeah, and so they re- they arrived before them and came together to them. So he's tr- he's wanting to give the disciples a break. I think he knew it wasn't going to work. I think he knew that there was going to be some. Oh sure, and as soon as but as soon as their they break come, was the four they, miles across the lake. <laughs> they're they're waiting for them. The crowd has gathered. Instead of being a deserted place, it Which was it, used to it be. was a crowded place. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, what? Je- how did Jesus respond? And it was interesting the uh, responses of Jesus, yeah, kind said, of verses later on as we see the responses of the disciples. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude as was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Isn't that interesting? He began to teach them, but he, as the almighty word of God, through whom all things were made and consist, came down to check out his creation. And when he got here, as if he didn't know, he came out and and saw people demon-possessed, crushed, crumpled, political uh, intrigue, blood guilt, Herod, political systems, uh, all operating on this planet just as as fast and furious as it could go. And he saw these little people, sheep like sheep, with confused, lost, wandering, nowhere to go, no leader, no shepherd, no one to care for them. You know, some would come along and fleece the sheep and steal from them, but no one would ever just lead them, care for them. In in, uh, another instance, Jesus saw the multitudes and again talks about, he described them as sheep without a shepherd. Even Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, there's that image that the prophets give about Israel was like a a flock of sheep without a shepherd. Uh, In in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 9, verses 35 through through 36, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom and curing all kinds of disease and every weakness and infirmity. And when he saw the throngs, 
he was moved with pity and sympathy for them because they were bewildered. Uh-huh. They were harassed and distressed and dejected and helpless. They oh. were, you know, just really vulnerable, like sheep without a shepherd. And they that's why he calls himself the good shepherd. They did not have guidance. Right. They had they had rotten guidance. Or from they the, had from the ones that hirelings were, for shepherds. Right. The, mm-hmm. These these scribes, the Pharisees, Pharisees yeah. the, the priests of those days were terrible examples. Right, and had, they were they were so hypocrites. They were hypocrites, broods of vipers and snakes, as John yeah. and Jesus called so, them. So they were like naming them. They were like you know a flock of sheep out there in the wilderness. Well, you know if you what? don't it's have a no good shepherd. Different. They're vulnerable to the wolves and lions and bears and everything like that. So he could see yeah. that basically the in the the ones that were supposed to help them spiritually were not. Were really the wolves and the bears and the lions yeah. devouring them under the pretense of of making of spirituality yeah well he even said that he says you under the pretense of making long prayers you devour widows houses and 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 you know orphans yes. pences and stuff yes. so the thing is this is not really any different today you say well the bible is not relevant it's way out of date you know it's way back then 2000 years ago but you know the thing is it's so relevant it's scary it's so appropriate it's so right on the it's so it's so current you can almost read it like current events. If you know where to read, you can actually find what's going on now in current events. You can find it already told you in the Bible, whether it's Daniel or Revelations or whoever, whatever. There's so much connection and congruency between what happened then and what, what's now. And, and yet people think that this, what God says is totally, you know, that's one option. That's just one option of among many. Satan has created this illusion that there are many ways to, to, to God, many options um, to, you know, whatever you want to do. If you want to even believe there's eternal life, that's an option. You don't have to believe that. You can just be whatever you want to be. But, you know, the problem is it doesn't matter what you believe to be true. If it's not true, it isn't true, and it isn't going to be true because you think it's true. It's like, okay, there's very few people. And, you know, with increased desperation in the people, even now, many of those people are dying, I believe, some with God. They know they, they're, they're on the other side of discouragement, believing that they've sinned and they're guilty and God's mad at them or whatever. But many have not even heard. So here they are gathering, eager, desperate, and they're on the other side before Jesus and the guys even get off the boat. In the parallel, a parallel passage in John chapter 6, uh, verse 2, it says, Then a great multitude followed him. In other words, they followed him by going, <laughs> running around the, the lake to where he was mm-hmm. because they saw his signs he performed mm-hmm. on those who were diseased. So they had seen the mm-hmm. healing. And they had not yet seen, I don't believe, any. The, the, the next miracle on the, on the list for Jesus is the feeding of the 5,000, which we're going to get to in a minute. But they hadn't even seen that part of his provision yet. They had only just seen the, the miracles of the people being set free from demons and for infirmities and things like that. And this is, he's just about maybe, I don't know, a third of the way through his ministry, maybe a half of the way through, three year and a half years. He's not, he's not all the way through it yet. But started, yeah. yeah. And so it says, and, and uh, when Jesus came out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep having not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. You know what? It's the understanding. Teach them many things. Under, show them how it works. Show mm-hmm. them what's really going on. Give s- people the right paradigm. 
from which to solve the problem. If you've got a math problem to solve, if you don't use the right formula, you'll never get, you know, the answer. And so there are formulas, there are paradigms he's trying, he wants to show them many things that, that, that they have been deceived about. You know, many things they had, they had many things about God that were given to them by the prophets in the Old Testament. But there's many things that were yet to be revealed. Jesus says, I have yet many things to tell you, of which I, you know, you don't have the, you, you can't you, hear them right you now. You cannot receive them now, yeah. So he, Jesus understood the people. So he understood. And he taught this. them. He had compassion. He had the parables. He had yeah. compassion on them because he understood exactly. Where and that's they were. the same with us too. You know, if once you know, and you feel, and, and you're assured, and the revelation comes through that Jesus knows, he he loves you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows the horrible thing that just happened, and only God, only God's grace, compassion, presence can feel that. Uh, fill that terrible um, place uh, where you've been ripped apart, where a loved one has been violently taken from you um, or unjustly taken from you. Only God can fill that place with his understanding because he's the only one. And we know this. Once you, you feel the presence of God and know that he spoke to your heart, it does something it changes something. The pain, the love of God, the understanding of God, the assurance of God, the comfort of God um, helps us to get through these things. And that's really the real difference between how people handle their terror and their trauma is knowing the comfort of, the comfort of God or not knowing and, it. And giving us understanding. You see, Jesus was here as a teacher, as a rabbi, Really sent, you know, sent sent from heaven directly, a rabbi to give us understanding. Um, Proverbs says, "Get wisdom, get understanding. Don't forget it. Understanding is really wisdom is the principal thing we read mm, in the and Proverbs. Above all else, yeah. And 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 understanding. This is something. Understanding uh, pe- means people, means what? What does it mean? People are looking for understanding. That means okay. you can you can make sense of what's going on. You make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, and you know what the truth is about a situation. You, yeah. you know how to think it through. You know how to resolve it. You know how to see point A, B, and C, and how they and, work and together. And I believe a big part of what the church is to be is is, is a force, a teaching force to help mm-hmm. people come Understand. to understanding of what's going on. See, there's there's a lack of understanding mm-hmm. now. We have we have rage, anger, division. Uh, 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 stupidity, yeah. foolishness, uh, insanity, perversion Ray, yeah. that is in the minds of people. Mm-hmm. It's like God, that people are given over. God has been giving people over to, to a, a reprobate, reprobate mind, mind because this is we've what it said, looks like. Yeah, and this is what we're seeing in America now. Mm-hmm. You it's know, the just, manifestation of the reprobate mind. Exactly. That's exactly but what it is. What here's what, what this is why it's going on. First John five nineteen and twenty. We know that we are of God. He's writing to believers here, mm-hmm. okay? And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, under Satan. See, I told uh, you it was current. <laughs> yeah. And, and then in the, in, along with this, though, he says, and we know. See, it's we know. Not we think the, or the, feel the, or the, hope the, or believe the or have been told. John, is you want to, it's not, not guessing. We hope, we think, Mm-mm. we speculate. No, no, it's we know, mm-hmm. and and uh, and we know that the Son of God has come, 
and has given us an understanding mm-hmm. that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son Jesus Christ this is the true god and eternal life mm-hmm. so and we also know that all things work together for good to those who love god and are called according to his purpose romans 8:28 so we know some things and and it's in knowing these things holding those beliefs firm uh, through the power of the holy spirit that we can stand in having done all to stand it, because it, it's always a test of faith. Everything that comes up against you to cause you to feel doubtful or unbelieving or unworthy or guilty is all, always to batter against your confidence in God and knowing that he, is, that he is love and that he loves you. So all these people are eager. Uh, it right. tells me that they're eager to be with Jesus because they, they heard about all the healings They've probably seen some of the healings, and they're, How exciting. they're, they're just bringing think about people. It. Yeah, I mean, just, this is, look at you know. If we come to Jesus. They I mean, know it's going to be. Ha- they know it's going to happen. They know all they got to do is get within a, you know a few inches of him, touch them of his garment, get him to speak a word over them, and even those who are too shy to, to bring up their issue to Jesus, which there were some of those too, um, and he would notice them in the crowd, and he would point them out, and he just heal them like the woman with the spirit of infirmity. She didn't even come up to him. She's eighteen years bowed, daughter of Abraham in the temple area, and probably just out there in the outskirts and didn't have the, the gumption or the dare to come in and talk to him. Now, how could you approach the rabbi? You're a, a broken-down, bent, crooked uh, woman. And yet he glanced uh, through the crowd and saw her out of the corner of his eye, and he said, Woman, you're, 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 uh, the infirmities, be loose from your infirmities. That's what he right, said. be loose. Be yeah. loose from your infirmities. He wasn't finding fault with her. He just knew the demon the, the, from the spirit of infirmity. She was loose from a spirit of infirmity. Mm-hmm. Spirit of infirmity. infirmity. That is naming a spirit of something that's causing an infirmity. Now, so we say, oh, she was in a, Not she was, she had an arthritic condition and she was bowed down and, and she had, I don't know, osteoporosis and whatever so she had. the spiritual affected the biological right, and the physical. Right, all the time. Yeah, always. The spiritual works. comes first, yeah. and it affects the physical. The physical is, is inferior to the spiritual. So anyway, so he healed her without her even approaching. But we have these people here eager. I don't know if they've lined up. I don't know if they pushed in line. I don't know if they well, they tried to grab uh, one of the other apostles and say, "Can you t- can you get me to Jesus or can you pray for me?" It was just a. I'm sure it was just a eager, eager thing. They sat patiently um, through some teaching just to be courteous. I don't know if they even got it. Probably they didn't. Some of them probably did, but um, because Jesus knew in his heart who they were, sheep without a shepherd. He, their their perceived need. Was right. that there? You know, I'm sick. Yeah, yeah. I need healing. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm yeah, blind, that's just, yep. I'm deaf. I need healing. That's right. And Jesus did that, but then he, along with that, he came to give them the, the understanding, the, the remedy for the their kingdom. real need. He's preaching the kingdom. He's he's going to the root of their need. Of of of, of their yeah, need. Yeah, because you know what? I'll tell you something, that your physical body. Uh, is a manifestation, the sickness, illness, blindness, blah, 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 is a manifestation of what's gone on in your spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Maybe those things are some things you didn't even do. They were done against you many generations before you even lived. But the thing is, um, and, and you say, well, 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 Jesus said nobody sinned. This man didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. But he didn't say nobody sinned. He just said in, in John chapter, what is it, 8 or 5 or whatever, uh, man born blind. But the thing is that the point is, that we get, like you said, at the point where we our bodies are affected, we can't walk, we can't talk, we can't smell, we can't swallow. Then we start to take action. Okay, this is now we're now we're engaged. Now we're now we're paying attention. 
But Jesus was looking beyond and below that to see their spiritual root was, you know, I think a lot of the roots come out of anxiety and and injustice, anxiety and anger. Mm -hmm. And our bodies can't take that for a long period of time because it gets us out of whack. And then we become weak and vulnerable. But anyway, so they're looking to Jesus for what they believed. So it's a you know, it's a it's a it's a day of of teaching a day of ministry. weren't they there three um, days? That one one of the stories doesn't say they were there three days. I I think I so. I don't know if that's um, that's the one right there. But but what had happened just before this is that you know, um, John the Baptist. You know, we talked about that last time. Uh-huh. He had been beheaded mm-hmm. by Herod uh, because of Herodias, his his wicked illegitimate wife um and, and so that's part of the reason john the, they his disciples had gotten word that john the baptist had been beheaded and right part of so that there's is, a lot of so there's a lot of dynamics going on they're probably you know grieving here they need a little break but then the needs keep pressing in so well in john in john chapter six it says um that it was near to the passover was the feast of the jews right. was near um and so he was, then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Well, uh, That's kind of jumping ahead, but obviously this multitude had been there for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was another time where they had been, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000, 4, but they had been with Jesus for like three days. That's a long time. I mean, Ran out of lunch that's by a then. long And I think they forgot to pack conference. their lunch, and they didn't have McDonald's nearby. So, I mean, it's like they were not too prepared. What are you going to eat? You're in a wilderness place. There's not even anything so to pick. So they're more, more interested in getting healed and hearing Jesus than they are about eating. But then they remembered, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Now, verse 35 of Mark 6, when the day, now when the day was far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's the deal. Um, it's a long day. The disciples, what are they saying? They're, they're assessing mm-hmm. the situation, okay? There's been this day-long ministry of healing, teaching, this great crowd that had been very eager, probably very, very receptive. Mm-hmm. But now it's getting late in the day. And and the disciples had said the practical. disciples had said, Okay, okay, we're supposed to be getting a break here. <laughs> and and you know, they're probably thinking, Okay, this is a long day. They're probably looking at their watches and thinking, you know what? Mm-hmm. When are we gonna get this little rest here? Um, that Jesus you talked to us about. But they said were they, they, they the, the disciples? Can I interrupt you? Say, they were always giving Jesus advice that was really, you know, you know send we, the children away. Don't bring the children. Are we Jesus. doing the um, same thing? Yeah, send them away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he said they're they're assessing the situation. Okay, there's an assessment that uh, they're making natural in the natural mind of of the situation. In the natural. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. They're saying this is not a good place. It's a deserted place. There's not nothing around here. There's no McDonald's close by. Um, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. Send and them they away. said, and this is not a good time. 
Mm-hmm. It's not a good place. It's not a good time. It's Just late. Get them out of here. We don't want to deal with this the anymore. People We're done. need to go away. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and we and we don't have the means the means mm-hmm. to take care of them. They're going to have to go out on their own to the villages, go to a, a market somewhere, mm-hmm. and if they can find a market still open yeah. that late at night. But here you could see you could see that the disciples had worn out. They'd they'd gone past their spiritual uh, energy endurance, endurance yeah. yeah, and they were uh, they were looking for a way to get rid of the people, and they they thought, well, if Jesus agrees with us, sends them away, then we'll be off the hook. But but he answered and said to them, Jesus was on a totally different wavelength here. He didn't see this as an uh, an object uh, or an obstacle. As an annoyance. Yeah, or an annoyance. Yeah, he saw this as an opportunity. Um, and this is the whole point. You know, the, he knew. Uh, I believe he knew that there was going to be a need for a miracle. I don't think he ever went into anything shocked or blindsided. Um, and he said to them, hey, uh, he, he said, you give them something to eat. It's oh, wait like, a minute. That's that sounds like a crazy story. Well, they 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 took it one way. They said and they said to him, "Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to, something to eat?" 200 denarii, I think you said that was what That eight, would be eight about months. 8 months wages of a laboring man. Okay, so so, so they're, 8 they're, months of to feed them a little would, would not be sufficient. So they're saying this is impossible, they but they, they but they, the but money. they tried to. That was the only way they could see it as being done is to go buy, go and buy, 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 money, money, money. Stop, don't have any money. Can't do this because we don't have any money. Uh, the big issue of money, Peter and James didn't, John didn't have money at the gate of the temple either. Um, you know, money couldn't have got the guy is healing anyway. But you know, they're thinking of, of resolving a spiritual problem. Well, it's a physical problem too. But in terms of their own means, and the only thing they say is, well, we don't have the money, we can't afford it. Um, that's how they saw it. They didn't see it in any other way. They didn't see this as the potential place where we could do something in the spiritual world, something where we could, you know, be, be cross dimensions, so to speak, and reach into the spiritual world and receive something, bread, you know, to feed people. Uh, you know, I, we are so limited in our little minds. To, to see how God can solve problems that if, and we give God the solution, send them away. We give God the solution. Well, you know, here, just do it this way, you know, make this happen. And, and sometimes we even practice witchcraft to get it to happen. Unbeknownst, of course, for some of us, but um, we pray against this and for that and pray they'll be cursed and pray they'll get to the bottom of the barrel and the end of their rope and blah, 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 blah. That may not necessarily be God's way of doing it at all. I mean, we need to stop and stop and say, you know, I don't need to tell God how to fix this, but I would sure like to know what he's going to do. Instead, listen instead of talk. Well, and Jesus knew what he was going to do. I it know. It says in one of the uh, Gospels, it's, it's, it's John, yeah, John chapter 6, and he said to Philip, this, this some of the Gospels, other Gospels give a little more detail of the same yep. uh, event. Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to test him mm-hmm. because he himself knew what he would do. Jesus always knew what he was going to do. Yeah, he said this wouldn't be enough for even that, that every one of them may have a little. So even a bite, even a little bite, one bite. What's one bite going to do for a And Andrew, mm-hmm. one of his disciples, Andrew, speaks up. Simon Peter's brother 
In other words, interesting, Simon Peter didn't have anything to say right then. <laughs> I mean, usually he was kind of like the, the, lead. the big mouth. He was kind of the lead. But the Andrew is, is like saying there is a lad here. Mm-hmm. A boy, little boy here has got some lunch. So in other words, he had been he trying, has, he wanted to do what Jesus said, go feed him. So he's going to look for some food. Five barley loaves, barley loaves. Barley was basically the grain of the poor. They were like loaves. We're not talking about like big, you know, two pound loaves or something like that. We're talking about probably like little, um, like buns. And like it's kind of interesting. rolls or hamburger buns. Isn't it cute that this little boy had been so taken up with listening to Jesus all day long? Forgot to eat his lunch. He forgot to eat his lunch. When you ha- when you have a little kid that forgets to eat their lunch, that's something. Or maybe he just didn't like sardines. I don't know. Whatever they yeah, had. Yeah, he had two small <laughs> fish. Uh, but and 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 Andrew says, "But what are they among so many?" Well, yeah, he's. We do how the same this, thing. How we can this do, work? This will never work. How can you buy that million dollar complex with no money? How can you go to the bank and 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 have them, you know, with you? We have all of these issues, problems, and and we always try to solve them in our human minds. It's just the mm-hmm. first place we go, and it doesn't work because. It wasn't supposed to work in the spiritual. I mean, in the natural right there. God had a different way, but he wanted to kind of show them that, yeah, we're out of options here in the natural world. You know, we don't got bread. We don't got time. We're tired. We don't got the money. Um, and yet, for I don't know about you, but in my world, I'm frustrated because not sometimes, but a little, because you see the the great need everywhere. People homeless, people hungry, people without mm-hmm. jobs, people without uh, the strength or the the means to be discipled, um, no discipleship discipleship situations, and and you know again we're tempted. I am like Andrew. Go look for the little boy with the bread. Go look, find the guy with the money. Go go do something, and or you know. But God has got a plan, and I've had to say sit back and say, okay, God, I can't do anything about this. You haven't sent me, you know, Millions this or that. Of dollars yeah. Or so like I that. I have to s- trust that you're able to keep these precious ones by your spirit, that they, you know, we want to rescue people a lot of the time. I think we want to rescue, maybe prematurely sometimes, um, because it's just kind of in our nature too, because if they feel better, we'll feel better, or we feel like we need to help them feel better because we think that's love, and it is love. But at the same time, God allows many of us, including myself, and I'm sure you too, to go through things that don't seem very uh, fun, and and you seem like you're 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 not being heard. You seem like you're being abandoned. Mm-hmm. And this is the again another temptation. But we don't understand that the trials, the fiery trials of God, are very sometimes not as apparent. You think persecution, being thrown in jail, shipwrecked. Oh, there's a trial for you right there. Oh, I think those are probably just as those are probably maybe a little easier than some of the long waiting, enduring trials where we have to live with a situation, a relationship. That's excruciating, abusive, and watching loved ones be destroyed, um, you know, little children dying of cancer, whatever. Uh, to, to, these are very difficult trials. Um, there's, you know, and the only way you can get through them is by giving, you know, just abiding, really. And Jesus said, you know, Lord Jesus, thy will be done. And it's really not his will that people die and people are suffering. That's not his will. His will is to, to deliver us, to heal us. He's a good God. He's not here to test us. He's not here to give us that situation to teach us a lesson. He is here to sustain us in our faith and endure 
endurance while the devil tries to just devour us. And yet God says, they're mine. They're my workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I'm faithful to complete the work I've begun in them. And Paul says, I commit it to you, Lord Jesus. I commit my, I, I know who I have believed and I'm persuaded. He's able to keep that which I've committed to him. So these are, you know, we're tempted to do it ourselves. We're tempted to look at our limited resources. We're tempted to be de- desperate and, and angry and frustrated. And so the disciples have gone through all of this, basically. And then what does Jesus say? He says, um, um, he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Well, obviously we they, that was left out of Mark, but we, John put it in there. That we found this little boy. He's got these loaves. And Jesus said, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they went and found out that, and they, they said, five, five loaves and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. Groups. I think that was to count them so they could get a better tally on just exactly yeah, how many people we're, we're there. Told, we're told that... Get a uh, head count, so to speak. That oftentimes at these Jewish feasts, like uh, this was like about Passover time, so it's kind of the spring of the year, so the grass is green and fresh. It's not started to dry up yet. Um, that they sat down probably in like little semicircles. Yeah. Was kind of the, what the historians tell us is what the, the Jews kind of... And then also the men... And and the women and children, the women and children were ate separately from the men, right? At this at this point. segregation, and, and so he, they kind of still do that today in these gatherings and reunions. It seems like, but um, so he commanded them to take them, make them all sit down in groups, and so they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. So here was something God, Jesus gave the disciples that they actually could do. Okay, go get get the people seated. Go. Put some order, get some order out there, uh, and so we can start to serve. You know, that's why we go to weddings and people are sitting at tables because you have to kind of get some order before you can eat the food. You know, because otherwise there's just a, a milling and a you know, well, disorder. There's a principle there that, yeah, you know, there's a principle there that, um, in order to be prepare for the miraculous provision God has, there has to be obedience. There, well, there has, has an to be order. order too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we have an order. We have an order, and Paul said, let everything be done decently and in order. Well, God has got an order. I think that and part of the order is the, peace. Sometimes, some of the order, mm-hmm. right, peace and nothing, not, not confusion. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have our traditions mm-hmm. of order in the church that, that really death, kill the spirit. It's yeah, just basically, yeah. I mean, everything in a graveyard is pretty orderly. Yeah, right? that's true. So, but no life. No life. So, so here's the good part. So they sat down, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples and set them before them, and the two fish he divided among them all. So he gave them to the, to the disciples, and the disciples then were to pass them out um, to the people. And so... Um, he, it says in verse 11 of John 6, when he had given thanks, you know, Father, you hear me always. I think he said that in one of the um, mm-hmm. versions. He, he looked up to heaven. He acknowledged the Father. He acknowledged that this was a miracle that was going to come from the heavens, from the heaven of heavens, from the Lord God. Uh, he was in communion with his Father all the time. And, uh, he, and that's why, you know, every step that Jesus made, every breath he took, uh, even his dying breaths on the cross, that the Father was right there 
knew everything, saw everything, was always there. Um, and he did, and he gave them to, and they sat down and they were filled. They ate. They knew they ate. They passed out the food, and they were filled. They had as much as they wanted. They must, did, as much as they wanted. They could have seconds. They could have thirds. You know, they could have it freely. It was free food, as much as you want, as much as you can eat. And they were all filled. And you say, I don't know how that happened. How did that happen? How how does a miracle happen? A miracle goes beyond your finite mind. A miracle yes. is, is is created or uh, produced or it comes from the spiritual dimension, uh, you know, of the impo- mm-hmm. of the impossible. The mm-hmm. the mind says it's impossible, but it comes from the dimension of the impossible. Like how how could the Red Sea open up? How, how could um, you know? How can the well, stars can be hung in the sky? How how can blind uh, eyes be open? Yeah yeah yeah. How 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 does that work? I mean, without surgery or without medicines, we have all the work stuff. We have the medicines, we have the shots, we have the surgeries, we have the, you know, whatever. But we, but we, we really want the miracles, the mir- that where God does it. God did it. They did some things. They sat the people down. They passed out the food. You know, they found the little boy with the fish, mm-hmm. and they did some of the legwork. But God did the miracle. And this is, this is kind of, let's think about this for a minute. Miracles are beyond our human comprehension. So we just, we either say it's magic. Nowadays, instead of miracles, we have magic. We have magic wands. We have wizards. We have Disney with all kinds of magic. And every little story they tell, there's a magic wand or a wizard or a fairy or a witch or something that's giving, you know, giving an introduction into the other world the dimensions of, of the other world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we see that there's a, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, the devil's trying to imitate, mimic what God is doing. But we also know that miracles are things that God has for his children. Miracles are the things that God does because he loves us. And, and there's, you can see there's a cooperative effort here between, okay, what we have and what we can do mingled with the miraculous power of God. So mm-hmm. we're, Paul says, uh, we are laborers together with God. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're working together with God. Mm-hmm. The Lord working with them, mm-hmm. in Mark 16, confirming the word with signs, with signs and wonders. following. Yeah, and this, this is the real gospel. <laughs> you know, the real gospel will have the evidences of the miraculous, the healings, Absolutely. the deliverances, and the preaching of the gospel, the right gospel. I believe the right gospel preached in the right spirit will have the same effect and res- results and, and as the, the gospel of Jesus and Christ when he was here. the Lord isn't doing this just to show off. We're not looking for miracles. No, to show I mean, off. Just to show off, but mm-hmm. it... it the miracles point to the miracle. Well, worker, and they came out of Jesus. compassion. They came out of Jesus's compassion for the hungry, for the life. It was a natural need. It was a real need. And Jesus understands our real needs. He has compassion on you. He knows you need to eat. He knows we need food, clothing, and shelter. And he, you know, I believe it would be good for us to appeal to his compassion. Mm-hmm. We, we say, Lord, have mercy on me. 
that is a, a wonderful prayer to pray. That if you can't pray any other prayer, that's the best prayer to pray, because Lord, it's simple, it's short, it's it's you can remember it easy. Lord, have mercy on me, which means you're acknowledging God, you're acknowledging your helplessness, your hopelessness, your dependency on Him, your faith in Him. Everything is covered in that little prayer. Lord, have mercy on me, and He can fill in the blanks of where you need the mercy. You know, deliver me from my enemies or whatever it is. So miracles and mercy, I think, um, kind of are very hand in hand here in this, is this feeding of the 5,000. Um, and, and for, for some of us, many of us, um, that the temptation is, you know, in the, and it says in the last days, lawlessness would abound and the love of many would grow cold. The true mm-hmm. compassion of tender mercy, mercy and miracles is, is broken. That, that wonderful, powerful, me almost every many times it says Jesus had compassion on them and healed them, or Jesus had compassion on them and did something. Compassion, um, mercy, love, understanding, empathizing, uh, bearing their burdens. You know, sometimes you, you hear someone's story and it brings tears to your eyes. It's because you're you're empathizing. You're 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 having mm-hmm. you're a moment of mercy where you're actually realizing how difficult you're, you're loving them and seeing how sad, hard, abandoned, alone, uh, terrified they must be. And in those places, those are the most powerful places of prayer. When you realize, for example, that you're praying for someone and you've prayed a lot for them and you, you're with them, you're, you're walking with them through a very dark, lonely place right. where they feel abandoned and alone, where no one else can go, where they're, where they're being harassed by demons and don't even know it, where they're being tormented, try to figure out something for themselves on their own, um, and they don't realize it. And all of a sudden, you get it. You get it. You see what that's happening. And that moment of mercy gives you a, a, a mighty intercession, a mighty, uh, your heart, love, love is power. Love mm-hmm. is the most powerful of all the things, um, forces, in, and love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, love suffers. That's why love is not, you know, people don't want to suffer, so a lot of times they just want to avoid the love piece because then they won't have to suffer. But and the compa- without love, you suffer as well. The compassion of Jesus in this story is revealed by him um, seeing them, understanding them, mm-hmm. uh, ministering to them, healing their sicknesses, healing their diseases, yeah. meeting their physical needs. It's a really demonstration of his mm-hmm. love. One, one, one other thing before we wrap this up. There's a verse 59 of Mar- Mark chapter, of the same chapter. But it's after they this, they go, Jesus, they leave by boat and... Jesus walks on the water, but there's a comment, and we'll go into that next week, but I want to pull that comment, verse 52, into this feeding of the 5,000. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. They had thought Jesus was a ghost. They thought they were going down in the the, 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 the stormy water Um, because their hearts were hardened. Again, that goes back to mercy. That goes back to compassion. That goes back to love. When you love people, you're willing to suffer. You're willing to believe you're willing to stay up all night with them you're willing to whatever now and and it doesn't mean that you that if you don't stay up all night with them you don't love them love does many different things love means um that really in your heart your heart is soft your heart is not hardened your heart is not skeptical your heart is not full of unbelief your heart is full of love and compassion and after that's the, where the miracles come amen after they were all filled in john 6 12 through 14 He said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over. 
by those who had eaten. So they had leftovers. Their leftovers were way, 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 way more than what they, they started, started with. They started with, oh, and, wow, And then verse 14 huh? says, Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, this, this feeding of this mm-hmm. multitude of people, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. So and Notice in this group, too, I don't think there were any Pharisees. It doesn't say Sadducees or Pharisees were in this group. They must have missed this one. But boy, I tell you what, I'm sure it got back to Jerusalem as, as fast as legs could run because of the fact that, you know, Jesus was doing something that never had been done. He had come to upset the whole demonic the, apple the cart. Whole religious Yeah, the whole snake pit, cart. the whole system. And mm-hmm. he's still here today. He's still here to do that for you right now. And so, Father, we just pray right now that this miracle, the, the mercy, the compassion, your miraculous intervention in the lives of those who listen, and that you would reveal yourself to them. You would reveal the solution to them. You'd, you'd work things out. You'd soften their hearts, that they wouldn't be hardened, they wouldn't be skeptical, they wouldn't be bitter, that we'd give up that spirit of bitterness because it's not of you. We'd give up that spirit of offense and skepticism and discouragement because they're demons who have tormented our minds and tried to get us to vote uh, with them to go into unbelief, to go into to sadness, to go into whatever, despair, despond. But we choose, Lord God, to believe your holy word all the time, even when we're, being, we're feeling like we're feeling guilty or, or bitter. We, we know that that also is a temptation. Satan is trying to persuade us to, to go with our feelings. But we choose to go with what we know. And we bless each one today with, with the miraculous compassion and the revelation of Jesus Christ that we will receive, Lord God, the miracles that we need. And for your glory, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Hey, amen, guys. God bless you all. Have an awesome, awesome day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.